Hello and welcome back to the Boga Hunting Podcast, everybody. This is a show for hunters of all skill levels looking for knowledge and experience. But first, we'd really like to talk about a few people who helped make this all happen. First Light. First Light Camo. We uh, rock a lot of their gear a lot of the time. In fact, on a daily basis, I wear an article of First Light clothing. Great stuff. If you are a whitetail hunter, it's great stuff. If you hunt out west, we love it. Their wool is top of the line. Merino wool is the way to go. Firstlight.com. Another sponsor of this podcast is HuntWise. It's an app that's basically your one-stop shop when you want to do anything with hunting on your phone. It's got social media. It's got mapping software. It has a place to buy gear. It's it's awesome. If you want to learn more, go to HuntWise.com. Handcrafted in a small northern Michigan town, Bivouac Bow Company is Michigan's premier traditional archery manufacturer. Their machines and sanders are all purpose-built, and they only use the highest quality materials available. To meet the bowyers and their truly one-of-a-kind bows, visit bivouacbowco.com. If you haven't heard yet, there's a lot of buzz around saddle hunting these days, and if you're anything like us, you want to use the best gear available. If you're thinking of trying your hand at saddle hunting this year, don't settle for some knockoff brand. Use the saddle company that has been doing it since 1961. Visit trophyline.com to find out more. One of the reasons we've been so successful hunting in the backcountry is because we've had quality products to work with, and we've decided to partner with Seek Outside for a couple of reasons. All their products are really made to improve the backcountry experience, whether that's backpacks, tents, stoves, or other backcountry gear. These guys really know how to make a quality product. So if you want to learn more, head over to seekoutside.com. Last but not least, Stierka. Optics. Sturka Optics. Do you say Stirka? I say Stirka. Great binoculars, great rifle scopes. Yeah. I'm actually going to be rocking one on my uh, AR build that I have. A little red dot action. Mm-hmm. Great warranty made in the U.S. Uh, check them out. Stirkastrong.com. Welcome to another episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast. We have today Joe Fichter, turkey hunter extraordinaire and mm-hmm. longtime friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Joe, welcome yes. back. It's nice to be back. It's been a, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. You've been deadly though. I was looking back on your post from this year, this fall. You put a nice buck down. Yeah, I had a good fall. I uh, I had a few bucks that I was after, and I uh, I lucked into the one that I really wanted. And uh, unfortunately, he had he had double double drops going into the fall, and uh, he decided to mess that all up, break them, and bust his one beam really? up short but yeah he was he was a little bit more impressive a couple of days actually before i shot him he actually hit he had both beams intact a couple of days i'd seen him like three days before i killed him and uh that day i saw him i there was five bucks around me and uh him and another one that i was contemplating shooting yeah. I, I heard them actually get into a uh full out battle <laughs> up in the uh, thicket above me and there was a loud crack like a 22 went off oh yeah and uh that's what it was. i can't say for sure but i'm pretty sure that was him busting his beam because when i shot him it was still white it was still fresh oh wow that's sweet the break yeah it's pretty cool but i mean i don't like to have shot him with the beam intact and mm-hmm. both drops not broken the double drop time the rare the coveted if jared ever calls oh. me and says dude i found I found a double drop time shed or I shot a double drop time buck. That moment, I'm convinced in my mind that he's lying to me. Like, if you ever were to call me, I'd be like, bull. We, we made a pact, though. We'd never lie about bucks. You say, We always say that, but then it happens <laughs> it anyways. Comes down to it, dude. Five yeah, bucks. Yeah, I would. I, yeah, like, that's one that, that's, that's like, well, when I, when, I called my, when I called my buddy and a few people, I was like, I just shot a double drop. He's broke, but I just shot a double drop. And they were like, you're so foolish. Exactly, yeah. yep. And I was like, I had to send pitch. I had to send pictures out real quick. Like, they're like, holy crap. And I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, like, the one side's broke to, like, I don't even think it's an inch. It might be an inch. Okay. An inch and, like, whatever. It's either just shy of an inch or just over an inch. And then the other one, it, it's like an inch and three-quarter, but it's, it's still broke. I mean, it's a shame because they were probably both about – five inches Ooh. before they were broke mm. a jared yeah that's a, a jared drop time <laughs> uh but so <laughs> uh, all of this has led you to this moment which is preparing for turkey season mm. right which is the real yeah. reason i want because 
like I was telling you before, of all the people I know, you're pretty deadly in the turkey woods. And so I figure I want to I want Jared and I to go through with you our turkey setup, our like situation for this spring. And uh, yeah. I want to know what you, how you'd approach the the situation. Yeah, I like this. What, you th- you yeah, like I like that? it. Yeah, like, go with it. All right. So are you good with that, Joe? Yeah, I'm absolutely good with it. It's, it's by far and away my season. Okay, I, I was, live for the spring. Turkey, turkey Joe year. can't stop the flop. All right, so I mean, if, if you actually, if you recall back, I think there was many a podcast where I had to be reeled back in. Yes, as I dove down the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I dove down. I would get nasty texts in the middle of the podcast. Would you get out of this? <laughs> you're, you're back stop talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, beat it. Well, All right, let's go. What do you now? Got? We're taking the governor off, Jared. This is what I'm thinking. I want you to describe. Our yearly turkey spot. Boy. <clears throat> My spot or your spot? The whole area where we're hunting, the woods, the the, the spot. All right. Um, right. Yep. Yeah, so the actual setup is all on public land. We're going to be driving about, I don't know, probably a mile back to a place called... Wait, you can't say it, man. It's too bad. Gonna, um, listen. And the way, the terrain that, it's, that everything is set up on, it, um, there's high ridges... There's open fields. Uh, there's a creek. There's a there's a couple of great spots. We've pinpointed a couple of spots where there the turkeys we know are roosting, and in the past we've been able to get within you know 150 200 yards, make a ground blind, and we can intercept them you know when they're flying down. But yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. We're we'll either set up on the roost and have them fly down, or we will go a little running gun style i feel like though you just you skipped so many details did i yeah. <laughs> i'm not good at explaining something so first of all this is we're going to a spot that i wouldn't say is like a turkey haven Mm-mm. it's not like you know a bunch of big fields and you know you see turkeys all the time it's we like it because we're camping in the back backwoods mm-hmm. um and we get there's a tons of hills and cool terrain and stuff That's so what i just said well i'm just i'm just adding some color to your <laughs> What's the uh, what? <laughs> you added color uh, by saying hills twice? No, I'm gonna say other you things. Know what? I'm leading up to the he, good he, stuff. He literally just drew a map in my mind. Yeah, Dude. I feel like you probably feel like you're there, and I would understand that. Um, uh, so what's few... the uh, food? <laughs> what's the, what have you guys? What have you guys have located? Like, where do you? What do you think that they're feeding on? Or where, where do you think they're like more so the hens than the gobblers? Like. Where do you find it? Like, have you found dusting areas? Have you found strutting areas? Have you found a place where the hens seem to go after the roost naturally on their own? I have feed and pick. I have found a what I think to be a strutting area. Now there are there are a lot of oak trees in the area, and there are also a lot of grassy areas where they could be feeding on. I feel like though we get it. What we should do is, especially for the guy who is new to turkey hunting. Joe, you just listed scratching areas, strutting areas, and food. You wanna? Can we? We should probably break those down a little bit. Like, what? What's a strutting area, scratching area, and like when when you say it, where are they finding food? How would you describe the things that they they would look uh, to find? Well, a, a scratching area isn't. It, it's not a scratching area isn't. An, a scratching is indicative of feeding. Right. And really, turkeys they feed in a very distinct. Uh, scratch, scratch, scratch pattern, um, which then opens up the forest floor. And you can tell when a flock of turkeys move through because they open up the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also, if you're listening keenly, you can actually hear turkeys scratching. And like I said, it has that distinctive, they have a very distinct feeding pattern, which you can discern the noises they're making from, say, a squirrel because of the rhythm that they carry while they are feeding. Now, when a turkey moves through the woods, you can. This is denotated a lot of times by the scratchings and the, the open ground. Um, that'll tell you where the turkeys have been, but that's about really all it is. It might help you locate, like, if they are feeding on a mast or yeah. a leftover mast. Um, but really, in the spring, you're looking for bugs and shoots. Um, I like um, the edges of water, um, typically like a secluded water. Um, anywhere that's moist, um, yes, Gross. moist Gross. and yes, yeah, totally moist. And, uh, what you find is you, you get a lot of, uh, 
shoots and stuff that the, the, the turkeys are preferring at that time. Um, they also, I mean, the, the, typically you see hens out in the field because of, you know, the bugs and stuff like that. And then also the green shoots. Um, but I'm looking for, I mean, I'm looking for turkey in the spring, but if I'm, if I'm hunting a new area, I'm going to be focusing on waterways because turkeys, they, they, for whatever reason, they, they need the water and they like the water and you'll find them around waterways, creeks. Uh, I've never, I've not had a lot overwhelming success around ponds or lakes mm-hmm. but they're around them yeah. but i i don't know it's that like that marshy swampy that's right um, where my spot is that where we go spring fed creek that i have a lot of success with especially when i'm hunting new ground i'll actually follow the creeks so um, you'll follow the creek get... down how do you pick where you go in or where how do you pick well where you I'm, set like, up? I'm, I'm not saying that i will follow a creek because i want to get up above it right but i will follow it as in using it as a navigational point to follow along um but creeks are noisy and it that helps decrease your ability to hear turkeys which i'm a very vocal turkey hunter um if they if they're not talking i don't i don't want no parts to do with them i really like to talk turkey with turkeys so Um, when you're when you're say you're you found a, a creek and you want to figure out where to set up or how do you how are you figuring out which side well i mean it, it doesn't, I, I don't really, I'm, I'm looking at the terrain as I'm walking it. I mean, I use the HuntWise maps. Um, yeah. And a lot of my turkey territory is pre, it's established turkey territory. Like I, I know the area. I know how the turkeys typically move through it, through a spring, because uh, especially here in Western Pennsylvania, and you guys probably have a very similar thing. It, it, and it's just turkeys in general, almost anywhere you find turkeys. Um, as you move through the springs, the dynamic of the flock changes. Mm-hmm. Just like the dynamic of a deer herd changes through the fall into the winter, it, the same thing is happening with the turkey flocks from early spring into late spring where you have larger groups, they start to break down, then you have your males by themselves and you have you know nesting females, uh, nesting hens and stuff. So you, it depends on, there's so many variables, it, it's hard to like just isolate it, but yeah. like for your area, like you guys have an area where you think they're roosting. Um, I would be paying attention in a lot of this you can do by sound. I don't know if this place is close enough for you to guys to get there prior to your hunt, yep. but absolutely. I'm definitely, so in the spring, like I said, I'm hunting a new area. Let's just say I'm hunting a new area in West Virginia. I get permission to hunt a new place. Sure. Um, how I go about it is I'll look at it on the map. I'll check out hunt wise. I'll be looking for ridges. I'll be looking for streams, fields, open cuts. Uh, old logging roads, um, gas well roads are huge in our area with the, the gas and oil. Be looking for any type of new open cut, stuff like that. Yep. Then I'll go in and I'll actually, I don't like boots on ground. It's not the same for deer as it is for turkeys because turkeys are vocal. Um, I'll go out and I'll just, I'll gain a, a vantage point and I'll listen. I'll see where they're roosting. And then I'll see what direction they travel without ever taking a step as long as I'm hearing them. Right. Because I'm listening for I'm listening for the gobblers to sound off as they're moving with hens. In the early and now granted this is gonna change throughout the course of the season, but just prior to a hunt, it's gonna be pretty relatively the same. But I'm gonna be listening and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to figure out where they went. Why did they go there? Did they go there because the hens are there's there's food let's just say there's an old crp or maybe there's a cut cornfield or um maybe there's a clear cut and it's green and up okay well that's where the hens are going then i'll be looking in there for the you know the proverbial drag marks you know the wing drag marks to say that there's a tom strutting i'll be looking at scat uh i'll be looking at turkey shit i'll be looking for uh clumps which is a hen uh, mm-hmm, a yep. clump of turkey poop is always a hen turkey. Didn't know that. A J, a J, which is it looks like a fish hook. A J mm-hmm. is a gobbler. It's gobbler shit. I didn't know that. Did you know that, Jared? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. How did I know? Why didn't you tell me that? I I'm a better guy. I'm you better hunter. Didn't turkey, want to share that info. You. You're just hoarding secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta hold on to a couple things. I guess. So I'm looking at that. Um, I'm looking feathers, obviously. You can tell some some things by feather, not all the time. Um, feathers are also a really good indicator of a roosting area and a well-used roosting area. Um, turkeys preen up on the roost. 
and also they lose wing feathers flying up and flying down. Hmm. So that helps tell you how often a roost site is being used by feathers on like an area. But so once I figure out where they're roosting, where they're going, yeah. obviously I'd like to be in the middle of those two points, mm-hmm. just like deer hunting. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Um, and then it, then it, it boils down to personal preference. I like to talk. I, uh, I, I, I like nothing more. I mean, I, obviously the gobblers will ignite off of this, but I love going after the boss hen. Okay. Um, the old Quaker, you know, the old Quaker boy diaphragm, the old, that old hen. raspy girl. Yeah. So I, so, I mean, you're going to run into scenarios where you, you yelp a few times, clock, do a fly down cackle and a gobbler's running you over. Right. There's other times where the hens start attacking you. And I, I like that. Right. I love calling in, talking to the hens, bring the whole flock in, pick which bird you want, kill them. Wasn't it last um, year you were, you were out deer hunting? But then you were actually following along with the flock of turkeys, just calling with them and just walking with them. That yeah, that was I wasn't last year. It was the year before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one, not yeah. this past year. Yeah, the year before. Yeah, yeah. I was actually walking with the flock of turkeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was during rifle season too in West Virginia. Just yeah, making man. small talk with them, yep. walking through the woods. Snuck up on a, a shit pile of deer doing it too. Yeah, they're assuming um, you're a turkey. Yeah, they just didn't you kind of are a turkey though. Jive turkey. Yeah. Um, but. I like talking to them, but I mean, and that's all like you guys are bow hunting this year again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. So yeah, you need, you need the blind and turkeys really, they don't pay much mind to blinds. Um, I know you guys like to build them, but even a, even a, a cheap pop-up blind, as long as it doesn't reflect light, um, a, a cheap pop-up blind that you can take and go mobile with is a great asset, especially for a bow hunter. Um, I've killed. I've only ever killed one one bird in the spring with my bow, and that was running gun. I I I don't really like blinds. I've I've coming to utilize them more with my son hunting. Oh yeah, right. Um, it's it just to keep the fidgets. I mean, he's a fidgety. He's he was six last year. He'll be seven this year. We're still gonna we're still gonna take him out in the blind this spring. But uh, the blinds are nice, and they're nice for bow hunting. I mean, it is a royal pain in the ass. I've come to find out bow hunting turkeys on the ground without a blind uh, it is we've we we've had some really it's fun we've had oh, some close encounters jared had you had the best shot yeah totally, on the ground totally shot over it but i've had a couple where it's like you could just get him in and when you're on the ground with no blind you get him like at 60 yards and you cannot get him to close that last little bit well, yeah and a lot of that a lot of that is finesse set up i mean I could, we could literally talk turkey for hours on end. There's so many nuances, and um, but like just the basics of it is getting into an area and learning an area. I like repeat hunts. I mean, I I love hunting new territory, just striking out on you know in the new ground, yeah, and uh, working through it, the proverbial running gun style hunting, and just kind of scouting as I go, calling. I'm trying to locate a Tom and then work him in, which, yeah. and it's always fun because if you like, you have that bird, he's closing, he's closing, he's hot, bang, he stopped. You're like, what the hell just happened? Well, then you get up and you go that direction as he fades away. And you're like, Oh, there's like an old ass rusty barbed wire fence from 1890. And the right. bastard wouldn't jump over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. and then, Two days later, or the day before, he might have—he might never even have skipped a beat at that fence. Turkeys right. are just finicky. Sometimes you just never know why. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things. And like, if you like talking to them, or if you like, like I said, you can also get in between that roost area and where they're like, where they're wanting to head, and just sitting there and being quiet and being the observer of nature and letting the turkeys do them. And if they come by, whack one. If not, then reset up on them into the next around. phase but and we kind of digress but so the scratching isn't you know it, it tells you where the turkeys have been and that they've right. been feeding there it might key you in on a food store you can also find what are called dusting bowls and hens prefer these uh and you know you'll find hens using these in the spring um and that's where they're going in and they're covering themselves in dirt and then dusting themselves off get bugs mites stuff like that off of them 
um, that's a telltale sign that turkeys are in the area and they're frequenting the area um, on a daily. Those are uh, those dusting. Is that where they get those weird flies out? Have you ever seen? Have you ever shot one with those flies all up in there, Jared? Mm-mm. They have like f- like flies that live on them, and so like you can k- you kill them, and like all of a sudden all these flies just start flying out of the, f- the feathers. Like like mites. Yeah, yeah, it's gross. Yeah, they're pretty nasty. <laughs> it's really yeah creeped me out. I didn't know about them the first time I saw them. They yeah, gave me the willies. The wills. So, little yeah, the little little teeny black bugs. Yeah, they like fly. They were just flying out of it. So I kind of want to dive in um, to your typical kind of setup. So let's play the scenario. You've got your hunting site. You know where the turkeys are roosted. You've got an idea of maybe some strutting zones and and scratch zones and um, maybe some feeding areas. You're set up right in the morning. Well, I mean, what kind of decoys are you bringing out? Are you, you know, just, I guess, just lay out your setup. Okay. So, um, hey, good. I don't, I don't go and roost at night, um, the night prior to the hunt. Um, I typically will move into an area I know that holds turkeys, gain a vantage point, listen. See where they gobble from. Mm-hmm. Most of the times, I know from year to year or just from looking at maps or looking at terrain. Then what I do is I do try to set up equal to or above them. Uh, Why on, is that? With with terrain. It, it, it's, it's one of them finicky turkey things. Mm-hmm. I mean, since I was a kid and, and I, I've seen it hold water and I've seen it not hold water. But my dad always said turkeys don't like to walk downhill. Um, we really came into turkey hunting during the heyday of turkey hunting, like in the eighties when turkey hunting was becoming super popular again. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- I mean, my, my dad bought all the magazines and we bought the Galvis wildlife adventure videos. I mean, I, I couldn't consume enough information about turkey hunting. And one of the things I remember reading from back then was turkeys don't like to walk downhill. They would prefer to walk uphill. Um, I don't exactly remember the reasoning, but I've stuck to that because I've found that I can actually work a gobbler. It seems more times than not level or up easier than down, or it's a faster work. It's a faster setup, but I'll, I'll try to get in or, or I might hear them roost and and I know they're on, you know, this, you know, a ridge that runs out into a deep, you know, a deeper ravine or deeper hollow that's wooded. But I know there's a field, and I know that's probably where they're going to end up. Mm-hmm. So I'll set up favoring that in in the early spring, um, at the beginning of the season. I'll set up in a very open area, preferably sometimes on the edge of the field, and then I'm I'm immediately putting out um, my Dave Smith decoys. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm running. I have I think five of them, but. In the early spring, I'm running a full strut white face. That was my nickname with... in high school, full strut white face. Mm. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joe liked that one. <laughs> I'm just going to have to let that go. Yeah. The nickname joke is never old, by the <laughs> no, way. You use it at least once an episode. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> so full strut white face out. Uh, I have the, the breed. I have the receptive hen, which mm-hmm. she's a she's a little bitch to see. Jared, Especially, you got, you got a receptive no, hen. Then, didn't I you? have the uh, Avian X breeder, but it's not the one that's laying completely down. It's just more of a submissive posture. I have yeah. two that yeah, are yeah. foam. I, I can't even tell. One's I think a Jake. You need to upgrade, have, bro. They're not. Posture like, is how important, paramount. though, Joe, is the reality of your turkey I w- decoy? I would say because my decoys are crap. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Jenny especially and in PA, Jake, they blow. Especially in PA, like where these birds are getting hammered on. Um, I mean, they they see like a gajillion feather flex decoys and flambeau decoys throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, real realism is huge. The the way you set them up, and uh, is also big. Like they're turkeys. Like I I know they're 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 not rocket scientists, but if they walk out in nothing looks right nothing looks right i mean mm-hmm. that it's they're they're a bit they're they are smart in their ability to survive their instinctual you know uh just they just want to survive that's that's the only thing they're doing especially an old gobbler right um but i'll put out the white face 
I'll throw that submissive hen in front of him, the one that's laying down. And it's only mm-hmm. good in the beginning of the season because she'll quickly start disappearing in, in, as the grass starts growing. Right. Yep. But then I'll normally throw a feeder out to the side about 15 yards, and then I may put an upright staged off of her, like flanking her, like she's watching behind the feeder. And I, I kind of space them out. And if, you're, if your flock's too tight, yeah. if you have the decoys too tight, a gobbler won't, doesn't seem to want to work into them as quick. And that gobbler's going to go for the white face. He's going to go for the strutter. Mm-hmm. He, has, he has to address the challenger before he can deal with any of the hens. Um, so he's going to come head first at that decoy. So you want to give him room to get to that decoy and for it also to be within range and on your, you know, your strong side to be able to shoot, especially with right. the bow. Right. So I, I set out the decoys and um, actually for that, the, 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 the gobbler I shot with the bow, I, I didn't have any decoys, um, but I've shot a, I've shot a ship power off of them since I started using these Dave Smith decoys. Prior to using the Dave Smith decoys, I really could have gave two shits if I had a decoy or not. Right. Okay. Um, I, I had, like, real mixed bag of success with them. Um, I've tried everything. I tried that damn funky chicken. Oh, yeah. I've had away. That. Do you still have, don't you, do you yeah, still I, have it? I still that have funky it. chicken, yeah. man. I, I've had a lot of them. I've, uh, I've assaulted probably uh, 70% of my decoys uh, just because – yeah, I'll have a gobbler coming in on a string. He'll see my decoys and just turn, tuck tail, and gone. Right. I mean, I had some Montanas. They, they're great premise. They fold flat. They're they're kind of um, three dimensional looking because they pop out. There's not the two dimensional Montanas. They're the three dimensional Miss Perfect and Miss Mr. Jake or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got that ragged cut, and they look great. I just. I've yet to have a gobbler really commit to those decoys. Um, I've had a lot of gobblers come in to a point and then just kind of not be really, you know, real sure with what's going on with them and end up not coming in or not committing into the decoy. I'm um, actually, I, I shot a bird in West Virginia off the uh, Montana's and he did that. He come in, he come in on a string. He saw my decoys in it and he got real funny. And I shot him as he was fading away. Um, but decoys can be a great help. They can also be a direct kick in the balls when they don't work and make you want to. You know what, like, though? I, I don't feel like we have, where we are, a whole lot of turkey hunting going on. I don't think those birds are seeing a whole lot. Do you? No, I mean the the few times. I've never that, seen another turkey hunter. I've Maybe seen, once. I've seen one, and I asked him, you know, how are things going? Have you guys seen any birds? <laughs> yeah. And obviously – People are going to tell you what right, they want to tell you. They're not going to give away too many secrets. But he, we he just was, mostly see morel hunters. Yeah, there was there's a ton of morel hunters up there that we are interacting with. But yeah, um, <laughs> to kind of go off, you know, the quality of the decoy actually it does matter. T- turkeys have a great eyesight, but oh, absolutely. One one thing that um, a lot of people make the mistake of is putting their decoys too far out. So they'll they'll think, oh, I need to put it within, yeah, you know, bow range, which is what twenty five to thirty yards at the most. That you know, fifty some, if you're Jared. Yeah. So they make <laughs> they make the mistake of placing those decoys out there, yeah, and then they're frustrated that that tom is all it it stops you know sixty yards out, right? Too which, far and too close yep. is also too close is bad as well. Yep. So I think. What I like to keep my decoys at are somewhere between like ten and fifteen yards. Okay. So that if that tom <clears throat> does get hung up, say at an additional twenty, yeah, then I'm only at you know thirty to thirty-five yards, right. which I'd be, you'd, you'd be fine. I'd be comfortable with that, but wow. obviously I'd right. want them, I, I'd want them in closer. But you know, uh, I mean, yeah, you're shooting it. You're shooting it like a softball at best size target. Right. right. You want them close if you yeah. can. And yeah. then, and then, Joe, do you have your decoys pointing towards you so that when that Tom comes in, he's approaching the decoys from the front, and then you've got a shot. Well, I know you probably. Is, I know most is, of the time you use we, a shotgun, but yeah. And here's where we can get into this huge, huge debate. And, you know, guys, 
guys are like, well, you never want to set your decoys directly in front of you and right. the hunter is approaching. Well, how in the fuck do you know where a hunter is going to approach you at? And if that's going to be in front of you or in between you exactly. or you've got, if you're using decoys, especially the ultra realistic decoys, yeah. you have to be vigilant. You have to be watching for other hunters stalking you. You have to be, I've had, I had a bobcat stalk me in cinema honing. Um, That's sweet. I actually became aware of it when I heard my dad flip off the safety on his double ten, uh, which it had an actual, it had a metallic clink to it. Yep. And that was actually the day I was like, Dad, I heard your safety go off. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, that thing's loud as hell. You got to do something about that. Um, <laughs> but I heard his safety go off and I saw him raising his shotgun as he was yelling. The cat was close, super close, like uncomfortably close. And uh, so you have to be paying attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, now a bobcat's a hell of a lot more sly than a hunter is, but you have to be paying attention. I've had hunters numerous times stalk my calling location. Um, yeah. I've, and it, I've, and it, it's unnerving. I've even heard of guys um, who won't even use full strut decoys just because of the fear really? of people stalking up on them and just blasting the decoy. I don't. But how would you not see use... the guy coming first if you're set up? You're fully camouflaged. You no, how would you not see on? the dude walking up? What Blasting? if he came in from well, behind you? Terrain coming yeah. from behind you. I mean, I just I'm very careful on public land. I'm very careful where I use them, especially in like West Virginia. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you got to be you got to be paying attention to what's going on, and then there's also like where do you set your decoys up? Now, yeah. if, if a bird's gobbling and I'm working a ridge and he's on a ridge and he's, well, let's say I worked this bird before and I know he's a call shy bastard. And so what I'll do is I'll sit on the side of the ridge and I'll put my decoys on. If, if he's to my left, I'll put my decoys to my right. Mm-hmm. You use the decoys to draw the gobbler past me. Right. Um, if it's a bird I've never hunted, I don't think he's call shy. I don't think he's been hunted hard. I'll place my decoys between me and him. Um, I like, I mean, I love to shoot turkeys really close and right in the face. Right. Shotgun. <laughs> I mean, There's nothing better. It's like heaven on earth. However, <laughs> I know the way my shotgun shoots. I'm also shooting a red dot, blah, blah, blah. When I set up for Logan's turkey hunt, my boy, I put my decoys at 25 yards. I knew they were going to go after. I actually had a half strut Jake out, but I was hunting. The, the spot I was hunting, I was watching like seven different longbeards that were still grouped up together. And every time I was watching them, they would run off every Jake that was within eyesight. Like to the point where they were running across the field just to run a Jake out of the field. Right. So I knew they were going to go straight for the Jake. So I put the Jake at 25 yards and I knew at that range with the 410, with the apex tungsten loads, he was going to get the full use of his pattern and the potential of that gun. Yeah. Any closer. And it's like shooting a rifle at uh, you know, the, a, a never, a never stopping gobbler's head. It's right. always moving. So I wanted to get let him utilize the pattern on a shotgun. Um, I'll sometimes set decoys up at 15 yards. I've, I mean, this past year I shot, I shot the one gobbler at like seven steps, um, which was wicked awesome. Yeah, that's and awesome. I think I shot the I shot the other one at 13, and then I shot one at like 19 yards. What was and your set, archery and, shot? How far away was that? I think it was like. It was twenty-one yards. Oh, okay. oh, on that on that gobbler I yeah. shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it was actually pushing thirty. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? That distance well, keeps growing. Twenty. Oh wait. No, it must have been. 45. No, I thought I thought you were I thought you were talking about the buck I shot. <laughs> oh no 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 no. <laughs> I thought you were going to draw some some shitty correlation about shooting deer further with my bow than I do turkeys with a uh, shotgun. Nah. I'm not going. We're not going to go there. We'll leave that for another time. <laughs> No, no, that gobbler, the gobbler I shot now, I shot him in a field and, uh, he was a, I utilized a lot of calling woodsmanship and actually, um, my knowledge just of turkeys and how, and, and behavior. 
he was with three hens and every time I would try to talk to him or the hens, they would walk away. The hens would walk away and drag the gobbler. So I got, I got close to them. Um, I was real close to them. They were feeding in a pasture and I started talking to the one hen, pissed her all off. Well, she started walking. So I used the terrain, jogged around, got out in front of them, used a little saddle to get into position. And then I just, I didn't make another sound and sure as shit, they, she towed him right in front of me. And it was about, I think it was 30, I think it was 32 yards. So you were really calling the, the hen at that point. Well, I was, I was using my calls to push the hen in a direction because otherwise she'd have just, if we could have, I could have sat there all day and watched them. And then, um, but what I did was when I started calling to her and I realized she was moving away from me, um, she was actually moved them down the pasture a little bit. So I went back out around the hilltop, got below them kind of, and tried to push them out through the middle of the field, which actually worked. I mean, it was a lot of dumb luck. Right. Um, I was just taking a chance and being bullheaded and, I walked around the ridge, got real aggressive with her, a lot of cutting, a lot of fighting purr, um, you know, so just, just being really obnoxious, like yep. long strings of yelps, and, and it worked. She just literally turned on the dime and started walking through the center of the pasture, and I'm like, oh, perfect. Ran all the way back around, used a little, it's like a little saddle in the field, and there's a bunch of... Uh, old broken rotted stumps where like the cattle have rubbed up and broke the like yep. an old apple mm-hmm. tree or something i tucked into that and she she drug them right right by me and i zapped them i mean every time i've had the classic scenario with the uh bow like where i'm just calling a gobbler in off the roost or right. you know he's just coming in through the hardwoods something always goes wrong with the bow i mean i've missed um i actually am not proud to say it i've wounded i've hit two birds that i've lost Yep. Um, with the bow it's a uh, very humbling and frustrating endeavor hunting turkeys with the bow especially without a blind yeah that's um, we know that game it's we're one for four <laughs> but i think that the turkey i killed that was that was right around the time i met you guys that was yeah. like almost three years ago now um that was the 13th gobbler that i had within bow range like around 30 yards and in that spring with archer equipment that i finally capitalized on it's it's hard there's yeah. just so much movement that's mm-hmm. the problem you yeah and, and you can be like a mastermind and you can try to think of everything and, and going back to like jaron how far do you set the decoys up like i always try to set the decoys up to be advantageous to where i'm sitting um like if i'm bow hunting i i like I still like to put my back against the tree, mm-hmm. put my decoys out on my strong side so that I can set my bow and then just draw it straight back with a little bit of movement. Um, maybe try to utilize a little bit of brush. Yeah. Um, even with a shotgun, I tried to get my back up on a, you know, a big tree, get a firm backstop, you know, break my silhouette up, set my decoys out to my strong side and try to use it so it's you know it's sparse cover in that area they can see them because if a turkey can't see your decoys they're of no use to you um so i try to do all these things right but turkeys are turkeys and they'll do the dumbest shit like it'll be like they'll, they'll be like a mowed tractor path and they'll pop out behind me through like a hundred yards of green Thick, yep Right. Yeah, and I'll, he- yep. I'll hear them. I'll hear them before I ever see them. I'll be like, "What the hell? Where'd these birds go?" I mean, I know they're coming. I just got to give them time. And then all of a sudden, I'll hear their wings working their way through the greenbriars or you know thorns. That's the hey, weirdest. Hey. I feel like one of the hardest parts about them is you hear them and then you can't exactly figure out where they're gonna pop out. Um, that's I struggle with that every time. I'm like, where? I know I hear them. Even you, you hear them gobbling, you can kind of figure out where they're coming out of. But it's yeah, sometimes it's nice it just takes forever. But yeah, but sometimes when they're walking through or whatever, it just feels like it takes forever, and you're never entirely sure where to look. Right, and they have no there's 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 no time frame. They have no clock or watch right. or iPhone. And I've found as I've gotten older and more patient, because I'm not a very patient person. Yeah. Um, as I've gotten more patient and um been able to sit longer and sit stiller and and just 
I, I think a lot of it has to do with I just enjoy just being out there more. It's more about enjoying my time out there and and and, and, and sucking it all in and kind of like taking it all in and learning more from each setup. Yeah, I'm killing more birds. Yeah, just um, slow being slow and taking your time. Right, because like in my, I mean, I'm getting old now and I don't want to totally date myself but like in my 20s it was like go 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 set up call gobble 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 quick goblin <laughs> screw this guy boom on to the next one that's exactly when how I, I turn you on well you know and i'm trying <laughs> it now just because of like dumb luck scenarios like uh like things that started tipping me off i would be in a calling setup and then i'd move up onto the ridge and i'd be working my way away and bang they gobble because i'm moving now right so now i'm eliciting the gobble that he was going to come in quiet but I elicit the gobble because he's like, "Hey, whoa, wait, where are you going? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm coming. I just, I'm, I'm being quiet because I don't want to get shot in the face. Right. Um, so I've learned from all those mistakes and all them like kick yourself in the ass moments through the years where I'll stay put a little bit longer. And I'll tell you what, a lot of the gobblers that I've killed as of recently, the I'll, they'll, they'll, I'll, you know, I'll be working a bird that's talking and gobbling. And then they'll go quiet, and the next thing I hear is the spit in the drum. Yep. Um, and I've I've really tuned into trying to pick that up and listen for that. Um, and it's you know it's it's an amazing if you're listening for it how far away you can actually hear it. Yeah. But I, I'm really listening for that, um, paying attention for you know just walking in the leaves, different things like that. Because as, as the hunting pressures increased, and I, I don't know when turkey hunting became cool again, but it did, um, a lot of these birds are becoming smarter, smarter yeah. and they're not gobbling as they're on approach as much. I mean, you got that dumbass two-year-old that'll come in oh, yeah, over right. his beard, and he'll be hoarse by the time he makes it to you. But, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I love it. Like, wh- I mean, what other animal in, in you know, the east? Or even in the Midwest that you can hunt, that you know you can carry. You know you're you're having a conversation and there's right. tactic and there's setup and there's all these different nuances to the sport. It's it's really cool from like camo to blinds. I mean, I yeah, don't know. It's, it's just it's a it's a lot of it's a lot different than the mindset you have for for a whitetail where it's mm-hmm. like just oh absolutely you're sitting there. You're more which I love. I love the you're more mobile. Um, you're on the ground, like you said. Your camo is super important, and it's nice not have to play the wind, not to have to play the wind. Oh God, it's so nice. You know what I mean? Just to break mm-hmm. from that for a little while is pretty nice. Um, yep. Now, if I go out and shoot a Jake this year, are you gonna judge me? Not at all. No. Not at all. I'll bust your ass a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he is fair. still no, shooting I the trad bow. Ju- the trad bow, judge. Jake. I mean- that's that's legit, and I mean, let's be honest. I judged you a long time ago. Yeah, it's been I've been judged. <laughs> that judgment I mean, has yeah. been passed at some at some point. Yeah, you're beating a dead horse. Um, uh, no, I you know what? I just had this conversation, and I, I I can't remember. I think I was over at like the local sportsman's warehouse and was just bullshitting with some guys that they had a little local event. And uh, the guy's like, he's like, I feel like I shouldn't shoot a Jake. I'm a grown man, and I'm like, have you ever shot a turkey? And uh, he was like, "No," and I'm like, "Well, why wouldn't you?" And I was right. like, "Did you sh- did you start off deer hunting shooting monster bucks?" And he's like, "Well, no, I don't shoot monster bucks now." And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> well, maybe go out, enjoy- well. go out and enjoy enjoy the sport." I mean, right. now I uh, I won't. I mean, I won't shoot a Jake because I I also won't shoot a two two and a half year old buck. Right. Um, it's and if a guy wants to do it, go for it. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I don't want to. I'm probably gonna shoot at one if I see one. I'm just, I would. I'm man. putting that out right now. <laughs> I would with the old recurve. I got the shorter one. I would this year. A shorter ATA. Mm-hmm. I guess it's not axle to axle, tip to tip. Uh, <laughs> tip, tip, tip. And uh, just the tips. And so I, uh, but I got a shorter one that I'm excited for because I'm gonna see if I can fit it in a, a ground blind. Mm. I'm gonna try to see if, if I can fit one in. It's like a 54 inch. Ooh, shore boy. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. it's a beautiful thing. And so um, I'm going to try to bring it in one of those ground blinds, see if that, that works out. Because we're going to try to get some camera out there and stuff. Otherwise, it's going to be hard to blend Yeah, in. I mean, 
I, I, I say go for it all day, every day. Like I told, I, me and Logan just had this conversation because he's getting geared up. He realizes it's coming and he's like all excited. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, we were watching a couple birds in the field the other night and there was like three Jakes and then a long beard that was in that, that little group. Yeah. And I said, you're going to shoot a Jake this year. He goes, he comes in first. That'll be his last mistake. <laughs> I'm like, Fair enough. Fair. I love that. That's, that's the, that's a good approach to hunting right there. Go out deadly. You know, you just go out and have fun and enjoy it. Like I, I enjoy like last year was kind of the turning point for me. Yeah. I could literally never kill a bird ever again and just take my boy out and call birds in for him and watch him shoot him in the face. Yeah. I mean, it's, I like the interaction. I, I pulling the trigger is the easy part. I think I've said it before. I mean, right. it, it truly is the easy part of the hunt. It's everything that goes into it before and then everything that comes in after to make sure that you're utilizing that animal for, you know, what, it, you know, for, for its meat and, and stuff like that. That's all the work before and after pulling the triggers. Anybody can pull a trigger. It's, it's the glory um, spot, you know. It's all the yeah, work goes it, into calling it in. Yeah, that one second that one second um and then you got the 15 seconds of adrenaline and then on the 16 second the uh work begins again cut them up get some wild ramps like we did that that one mm -hmm. year jared we found some wild ramps do we get any morels to add to that or no they're just ramps i guess they're just ramps yeah yeah wild leaks wild leaks that's yeah what that's what I'm, I'm combining them yeah tasty you get we those made, uh... some morels your and some wild turkey man that's a that that's sounds good, good that sounds really good we made uh, like uh, turkey salad. Oh um, yeah, it was good. And then actually, I, I got the kids to eat it too. It was good. Turkey's a tough one. I mean, there's there's a couple good ways to make it, but it gets it's it's a tough one to prepare. Yeah, and make it taste really good. I'm gonna try the sous vide this year. My yep. thought is to sous vide like either I don't know how I'm gonna quarter it or what I'm gonna do to get it in the sous vide. Maybe breasts and legs. That's the water bath method, correct? Yeah. That's so where the, meat, in the, the bag. meat, the meat is vacuum packed, yeah. and you're putting it in a, in a stable, controlled water yeah. bath. And then you yeah. end it. What I'll do is end it in the smoker. Ooh, all right. Now I want you guys to know that I'm just counting. I'm literally counting my chickens before they're hatched. Yeah, yeah. In terms of, I'm preparing, <laughs> you're planning how I'm gonna eat them. But I'm real excited. I want to do it. So I really need to be successful. So I have a, a reason to try that. That sounds good. I I, I want to get a uh, like a green egg or something. Oh yeah, and and prep them that way. Hmm. Yeah, what else? Uh, what else? I mean, what else about this spot that you guys got? Like, what else are you like? Where where are you running into the problems? Like, you guys are only allowed to hunt half a day, right? No, we're full day. It's full day. But we just have a short season. It's what is it this year? It's like it's a week, Saturday, Saturday to, to Saturday. Oh, Saturday to Friday. Which is so lame. Like, you don't get a full weekend. I wish they would have made it, like... We do get a full weekend. I, I wish it was Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it starts on Saturday. I wish... No, I wish it started Friday so I could take Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I could hunt a Friday, Can Saturday, take, Sunday. Take Monday off. Mondays are just hard days to take off. Mm. All my meetings are on Mondays. Mm, tell them to meet someplace no, else because in the past we've done friday i feel like we've done friday saturday we have, sunday yes usually it's a beautiful thing. starts on a monday <laughs> you know ends on the sunday but this year they changed it why yeah, probably the coronavirus are you guys <laughs> yeah, yeah you might be off yeah, yeah that's true we might be out. i might have a lot of time to turkey on right i i unfortunately won't get that luxury but no. i'll still get out there now are you guys hunting them going back to the roost sites like you guys have a lot of opportunity. I'm not a big evening hunter. I'll be no, honest. With no, you. no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big evening turkey hunter. Um, no. yeah, I, I think so. Our but I mean, if I was in, if I was hunting in the evening, yeah, I'd be capitalizing. I mean, the problem is you kind of got to know know how they're moving, know they're kind of turkeys almost kind of like cycle through the day, and they they're 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 actually kind of patternable, not right. completely, but you know, in the evening, I'd just be setting up on roost sites, um, sure. you know, or listening for that, you know, that afternoon bird that gets lonely and try to move on. I'd just be covering a lot of ground. Like if I was hunting a big national forest out of state, I'd want to have a bike. Yeah. Um, yep. We did bikes that one year. Yep. That yeah, worked. So we biked I, a lot. Yeah. I would be, and I would be traveling 
you know, I wouldn't be really flying on the bike, but I would be moving nice and slow coast and stopping a lot, listening, trying to pick up a bird in the afternoon, just gobbling, maybe striking them out with a box call. Yeah. I'm a real big, I like using mouth calls. Um, I almost 99.9% exclusively hunt with mouth calls now. Um, but in that scenario, I'd be utilizing a box for a long, like I'd, I'd look at a paddle boat call. Yeah. Um, really reach out there and, and crank on it and try to get a bird just to even if he just um even if he just shock gobbles back and uh or you know get, gives you that courtesy response at least you can start building that picture and marking him on your map where he was at in the afternoon yep. and maybe the next day be back in that area to be more intimate with him with you know like mouth calls or slight you know friction um my my difficulty for this for this hunt like my my the what I struggle with is so I've got a stream that I'm that they roost over, right? Um, and they move uphill either one of two ways. One way is basically straight into a like a three year old clear cut, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where they've been logging for years. The other way is up this pretty long, pretty steep hill down uh, like a, a, a pipe line. a gas line. Yep. And then I think into a field from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I feel like every time I go to one side, they always go to the other way. It's like That's trying to figure because, out which side they go up. Well, it, 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 you're you're calling to them, right? Yeah. That's more than likely why. Um, there. This is this is an early season hunt, right? Correct. First first week. For yeah, what what, yeah. what are the dates like April April eighteenth to the twenty third or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So what what you're dealing with is you're dealing with gobblers with lots of hens that right. haven't been bred yet, and the hens are just as possessive of the gobblers as the gobblers are of the hens. Right. Hens. So what you're doing is that hen doesn't like you, and she's like, "Well, I'm not going to go over there and add another one to the flock. Right. More competition for my man." I'll just go up this other way. I mean, that would be a perfect scenario if there's really only one or two ways to go for you and Jared, the, you know, proverbial tag team. Yeah. Nice. You know, one guy, you know, set up in each spot and, and flip a coin in the morning. Like, okay, Jared's calling. I'm the, I'm going to be completely quiet Yeah. and never make a peep. And then maybe reverse the roles. I mean, there's a lot of like, I think, I think one of the biggest things is, is, where, where I become successful in the turkey woods, I'm persistent, I'm bullheaded. And if one thing doesn't work, I just try another. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you know, so if that one way doesn't work, try it the other way. Um, turkey aren't like deer where if you spook them, a lot of times they don't completely change. They don't change their routine or their behavior. Um, it takes a lot to get a turkey to completely change. Yeah. Freak out. What he's gone. doing. Yep. The the only thing that you'll find is they will get more call shot quick. They they won't gobble as much. They won't respond to the calls as much. Um, we have that here really bad because like these guys are running around in their trucks on old back roads. Call they'll get the you'll hear the truck pull up. I'll be work. I've worked birds right through this. Truck will pull up. You'll hear it come rattling up the road. You can hear it pull off the gravel into the mud. Yep. You can hear the truck door open, shut, and then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Five seconds, same thing. Then all of a sudden they'll cut, and then boom, truck door will shut, truck fires up, and away they go. And that bird, he'll never skip a beat. He he won't make a peep at them. And as soon as I as soon as I reach out to him, you know that real like coy. Um, like, hey, I'm still over here. Yep, just a little. He will, He a lot of times, will hit that back with a gobble. He's like, hey, yeah, I'm still here too. Just um, letting you know. I've also heard them, I've heard them yelp and cluck after these type of scenarios. I've actually had hunters walk through my setup where a lot of guys would just jump up and be like, I'm out of here. That just, you know, what an asshole. He just screwed up my whole hunt. Yeah. Well, I'll sit it out because – I don't know if you ever noticed when you, you spook a turkey, a lot of times, unless you really spook it, it doesn't take off to the next county. Right. It'll just duck and dive and go hide. 
And after the threat passes, it'll resume what it was doing. I've sat through guys walking through my setup. Now you got to be patient, right? And you got to start real. You got to start real quiet. You got to kind of think like, and this is where I get weird, and my wife definitely thinks I'm a complete weirdo. But I'm thinking like a turkey would be thinking in that situation, and I'm talking. I'm 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 talking turkey respective of like what i'm thinking like right. if a hunter just walked through across the ridge well i'm not going to just yelp at, you know i'm just gonna, not going to run a full volume yelp i'm going to do something real soft and subtle might just clock a few times and then i'll just be patient i, I have found a lot of been patient like one bird i killed in west virginia he never gobbled one time the one i shot at seven yards he never gobbled a single time that's the hard part that, when they're not g- gobbling trying to figure out how to make a play on them well, and that goes that that's that, that's where scouting comes into play, right. and literally knowing the areas you hunt, and then trusting your instinct that you can read turkey habitat and read the terrain to have an idea where the turkeys are at. Like this particular place I'd been hunting, it was hot all preseason. I never went. I don't ever go in and call or move around my areas too much, but I would drive by. I would take little walks just glass fields and stuff it was just loaded up with turkeys gobbling like crazy every morning gobbling into the mid-morning turkey season come three days into the season you're lucky to hear three birds on right. the roost through yep within earshot so i talked to the farmer i found out there was a few people hunting the fringes two of his relatives were hunting the farm almost daily the, yeah. the first three days of the season they were in there and they were, um, he said they were, you know, they were calling. Actually, the one kid was in there the day before the season opened, and he called in five toms. So I five found out. Five tom day, it's not bad. Well, yeah, and I found out that before the season even started, these birds were getting pressure because he called five gobblers in it, and you know damn right well he spooked all five of them. Right, right. By the time it was over. So I'm like, well, this all makes sense. I know these turkeys like to roost up here. They like to move up into the up into the top of the fields right. in you know early morning. I'll, I went and sat on that ridge. I put my decoys in a high visibility spot. It didn't take long. I spotted a gobbler up in up in the on the ridge. Super soft talk. It's amazing how well turkeys can hear. Yeah, super just a little, soft. You're just talk. sweet talking them a little bit, just coaxing them along. Nothing loud. Real soft. Few clucks maybe a three yelp string. I saw him stop, pick up his head. I knew he heard me. I didn't make another sound. And I just waited him out. It took him 40 minutes to come down, maybe a hundred yards. And, uh, he started strutting as he got closer. Cause I, and further confirming he heard me. Yeah. Right. And then when he saw my decoys, it was on like Donkey Kong. Cause he broke into a half strut and ran right into my lap. And I shot him in the face. Yeah. That is the Done. best. I mean, that's, a, that's ideal type situation but that's also knowing how a turkey talks you know that the big thing is and i feel like especially the first while you you go turkey hunting you just go on you're calling you're calling um and not really putting any thought as to what you might be saying to the turkey you know yeah you got to put a little thought into it a little thought into it so well joe it's we're coming up on time here uh we have lots more to talk about uh we'll have to have you back to talk turkey again um and thanks for taking the time to to hop back on the show oh absolutely anytime i'd, I'd love to come back i could, like i said we could talk like this for oh a, yeah mm-hmm. for a long time because I, I mean i covered it, like a tenth of all the things I, I wanted to go through so and i and i don't even know like if we ever answered if we ever answered what we initially started out to answer and i mean that's fine uh, yeah. i, I kind of liked where it went <laughs> well anyway. the, the nice thing is it helped me Hmm. And I, that's what I like about liked about it because yeah. now it's, it addresses my situation. <laughs> Screw Jared. Screw you, Jared. Jared. You know he's what? better at it than me, anyways. It's, I'll give you that. To to put an end cap on that or a night cap on that, I have an idea of where I want to go. Yeah, I have a setup. I'm pretty sure I know where the strut zone Yours is. Yours is way more developed. I, yes, my, for sure. My my spot is developed. I've sat there the last three or four years. I have an idea of what's going on. Um, but yeah, mine and is hopefully it'll help out. Cha- has changed. Yes, and this is a new spot that I, I really like. Yep. I just have just less. Just be patient. Yep. Just be patient. Let's do this again. I had I had, I had a lot of fun. I missed uh, I missed the uh, the weekly the banter chat with the boys. Yeah, <laughs> I, I missed it. It's life's life's crazy and life's so hectic. I don't know how 
how to fit it all in sometimes, but this was uh, yeah. very well needed amidst this time. I, I appreciate you guys having yeah. me on. Yeah, again, we'll do it again uh, soon. So stay safe, healthy, yes. and we'll Walk talk to hands. you soon. You too. Yep, see ya. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast. Be sure to head over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and give us a subscribe and maybe a friendly review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Until then, if you want to follow us along on our Instagram page, it's Boga Hunting. Thanks again.